I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Tri-tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. Hey, Sarah. Happy Tuesday. Hi, Sarah. Well, Tuesday for us. Tuesday for us. Friday for listeners. Happy Friday, listeners. Oh. <laughs> so, Sarah, I have, a, I went to, a, okay, this is crazy. Remember how we talked about our, my, my feisty party last week? Yeah. Our you, feisty party. You party animal. Do I you have party another party? I, I did go to another party, but also oh I thank you to Jen who sent me the photo of the gin and tonic with Empress Gin. Empress Gin. That's the type of purple gin that we use for our feisty cocktails. I feel like this is something I should know, like what purple gin is called. Um, so I'm very grateful to Jen for sending me that photo. She just like randomly like sent me just a photo. Like there was no comment, nothing, just like I love it. <laughs> and I was like, I get it. I know why you're sending me this. <laughs> so I that love it. Amazing. That's amazing. Now <laughs> Did did Jen partake of this gin from what you can tell from the photo? Is this just like I'm unclear. You know, like there was okay. a yeah, like there was a hand on the gin in the photo. So maybe it was Jen was it, okay. drinking it, but like maybe not. Maybe it was something that she like stole off the internet just to to send me to it for information. I'm unclear. I, I didn't know she just, you know, raided her cabinet. It's like, oh, I know what she's talking about. She's like, I'm getting out the Empress Gin tonight. <laughs> it's a feisty party in my house. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's always a feisty party. It's always a feisty party around here. So, okay, speaking of feisty parties. So this friend of mine, she invited me to a party. She was She was hosting a party to, like, because we have not had any parties. So she's like... It's the end of this is in Calgary. So she's like, it's the end of COVID. They had it pretty rough here. They were closed down for a long time. She's kind of like the party because we had no parties, basically. Um, and then she did give me this warning. She's like, just so you know, it's, there's going to be like a drag show there. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I'm, I'm game, right? So of course, though, like I knew, I told Jamie ahead of time, like, you know, Chanel knows how to throw a party. Like I knew that I couldn't go in like my jeans. Well, there were a couple people in jeans there. Like you could have got away with it. But I was like, I just knew like this was a, this was going to be a party. Um, And so <laughs> not only had she, like, not only was there like an amazing drag show, but it was like the number, like the most famous drag queen in Canada that she'd Whoa. Had. Yeah. Who won like drag race Canada. She's called Priyanka. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. I'm it assuming, was so awesome. I'm assuming uh, that Priyanka is does not live in in Calgary and had no. to be flown out. Flown and, out. Oh, yeah. I want to go to your friend's party mm-hmm. next time. Can I be your like plus two? Since obviously <laughs> Jamie gets the plus one. You could be my <laughs> plus anything any day, yes. like, <laughs> especially to a drag party. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. So she was amazing and she did this great, like, and she was funny, right? And yeah. like working with the crowd and with a crowd of like, there were maybe 50 people there, you know? Yeah. So you're just like 
in the mix. Um, anyway, it was pretty cool. So I feel like I, I, I do feel like I'm about at my like my party dial is pinned now. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I've had two for the year. We're good. That's amazing. Oh mm. my gosh. I, I, yeah. I, I've only once uh, been to a drag show, and I've, I had so much fun. I mm-hmm. loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been to a couple before, like with um, Compete Sports Diversity. They're the LGBTQ organization that we partner with. So I've been to a couple drag shows recently. He had a drag brunch this year at, at, for his awards um, dinner, which was or his awards presentation. So that was cool. Um, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, okay. Um, coming up in the show, we're going to do a marathon and parenting follow-up, a voicemail from a listener, moving houses, and CEO tales. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Lisa Ringerfield, co-founder of the Outspoken Women in Triathlon Summit. We are really excited to announce that the Outspoken Summit will be returning in 2021. This year has created an opportunity for triathletes to get back in the blocks and start to rebuild triathlon to create a more inclusive and welcoming space for all. Join us from the 12th to the 14th of November as we host a virtual summit to connect with like-minded women, center women's equity in the sport, hear from industry leaders, and develop leadership skills related to our roles in triathlon. The summit will provide a rich forum to develop strong voices, inspire others, and advocate for change in the sport we love. For more information and to sign up for the event, go to OutspokenSummit.com. We hope to see you there. Every day there seems to be a new wellness trend, like eat this, do this, avoid those scary things. And how do we know where to start and who to trust? Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. This provides you with a personalized, science-based, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests, and includes tests that we need as athletes but aren't traditionally included, like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part is that they don't just give you the data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. So for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our If We Were Riding listeners 25% off their entire store. So just go to insidetracker.com forward slash riding. That's insidetracker.com forward slash riding as in if we were. Change is an inside job. Start inside. Okay, so Sarah, I have been wanting to know yes um how it went for you I saw the pictures on Instagram okay right? so I think there's two things I want to ask you about because I there was also the follow-up from like your our conversation previously about posting Instagram which I have seen hawk quite a lot showing up you know um and I love the pictures from um from the marathon and yes seventh place that's amazing um so tell us how your weekend was okay so uh just to warn everybody, I am tired. Um, you know, the whole solo parenting thing. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, I, I have definitely, uh, done a lot of, uh, extra credit parenting, shall we say over the right. past few months. Right. And <laughs> you're, you know, you're keep, not that you're keeping score, but you're totally no. keeping score. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Well, now that the marathon's over, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, 
I did want to protect Ben's energy quite a bit going in. And, yeah. you know, it was, it was under like, as a couple, if he does well, we do well. So, mm-hmm. uh, it was, it was one of those things. This is not a, we can get into the, the bigger picture stuff later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, taking a baby to New York city is pretty intense. I mean, the little guy mm-hmm. is exhausted right now. Mm-hmm. There's just so much going on. And he went on a plane and he was an absolute champ. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's so tired now. That's really sweet. Oh, yeah. isn't that good? Like that he's sleeping? Yeah, is he sleeping more? Well, yeah, but it's like he, he's just clingy and he's just adorable and cuddly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just he, he's a little needy right now. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. he's like the big city was too much for me. Totally. Oh, his mm-hmm. his eyes were just wide the entire time, just taking it all in. Because you can imagine, you know, the amount of stimulus for their little brains if they're not mm-hmm. used to it. Um, yeah. So that was fine. You know, we, uh, I was most concerned about sleep in a new place and just him not being able to sleep when he was there. But he he did great. Uh, and That's then, good. yeah, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went uh, to the race, watched watch Ben do well, and he got seventh. It's his first marathon. It's a, a world major, so that was pretty good. Ben That's awesome. Very mm-hmm. high standards, so he was disappointed he didn't place higher. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, like, and I think I think most of our listeners can actually relate to this probably with their first triathlon, first Ironman, whatever endurance event. Mm-hmm. If you've never done the distance before, you go in and you're like, oh, I don't want to blow up. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you you can be too conservative because you know that uh it's it's almost better to finish feeling like you had a little bit more left potentially for your mm-hmm. first one that should just have a terrible experience where you're, you know, you blow up and you have to walk most of the marathon because you had gone too hard uh, mm-hmm. for an Ironman, you right. know, like, cause we, we definitely heard those stories too, of people who get too excited their first Ironman or their first marathon and they just paced it wrong. So yeah, there was a move fairly early in the race and uh, kind of, he ended up like second pack, um, but he finished feeling good and mm-hmm. it definitely, you know, there's some regret there that he didn't go with the move. Um, but you know, it is what mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. It's good when you feel like there's room to move up, right? Like, totally, when you're like totally. okay, like this one moment could have made the difference. So, and that's like, probably that's a typical way that a marathon unfolds at the elite level. Like you need to decide to go with the group if you're going to try to win. Um, right. so maybe that's, is he going to do another marathon? Yeah. Well, and, and that's where, um, like, you know, I think back to my first Ironman and, you know, I'd never done the distance. I, I didn't know what to expect. And I got done really, okay. I was definitely conservative. Um, you know, I can't wait to get to do the next one. And, you know, it's, I have so much to improve upon. Um, in that same race, there was another athlete, uh, my first Ironman who it was her first and she blew up on the run. Mm-hmm. And just hated it. it. Was like I never want to do another one again. And you realize just how that experience unfolds really can shape your perception of the event. Where mm-hmm. yeah, he he now feels you know positive that he can do better than the next one, and it wasn't a bad experience. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's wild. Well, good for you for getting through the weekend and your solo parenting mission. Congratulations to you, Sarah. Jeez. Well, so what, what I did learn, and this ties back to a previous conversation we did have, um, yeah. is that really like when I was full on, my only time was first thing in the morning. So I was waking up at five because the baby normally is wake up at, you know, about seven. And that was my exercise time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was my work time. And I'm, I finally am wrapping, wrapping my head around the fact that by moving forward, that's going to have to be typical for me. Um, mm-hmm. And it's okay. And I'm going to adjust to it. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't be so wimpy as to just, you know, want the extra, just, I need to go to bed sooner mm-hmm. and just have it be routine and it will be okay. Um, okay. I'm not, I'm going to say this, but it's like, it may be a bit of a bubble burster. <laughs> but like, it's like my daughter's turning 11 this month. Um, yeah. so I still use that strategy. Like, Oh no, the, but, but that's exactly what I'm thinking. Like, yeah. this is long-term that yeah. I, I went from thinking it was just going to be short-term, you know, when, when he, Ben was gone, if I wanted any exercise, right. it was going to be then. And realizing the beauty of it is that mm-hmm. I have this time, you know, as long as there's a kid in the house, I'm going to have that time. Mm-hmm. And I just have to prioritize it as, you know, this is, this is Sarah time uh, to do what she wants without mm-hmm. disruption. And totally. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, the, f- the five to 8 a.m. is like the sweet spot. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Um, and I usually like, I have the same thing as you. Like, I don't like to give up my I don't like to give up my extra sleep if I need it, mm. you know? So I just try to keep a bedtime that allows me to wake up. Like I'm not typically at my desk at five. That's a little ridiculous in my world. Um, but like on most days, I'm probably up um, working by six, most yeah. days. Um, and it's just like, that's continued to be like such a nice more. One time, oh my goodness, sorry. I'm going to like one time <laughs> Rosie had a friend sleepover. I may have told this story before on the podcast, but the friend insisted on going to bed at like the regular bedtime that she goes to bed at at home. So like by 9 p.m., this friend is like asleep. I'm like, this is a sleepover. Like this is supposed to be the day that you go to bed late and you sleep until 10 so that I can do like, that's why we're having the sleepover so that I can oh, so you in the morning. I'm like, what are you doing? And so like by, you know, by 630 in the morning, the friend's sitting at the kitchen table, like, do you have any food? (laughs) No way. I'm like, oh, no. That's (laughs) hilarious. Yeah. Just like, I'm like, yeah. Never invite that friend back. I know. That friend is like blacklisted from the sleepover. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So my my sister-in-law is an absolute beast. Um the, my they have they have four kids and she wakes up and does like two hours of running or biking, three hours sometimes before work. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. And, and like you know, obviously I've known what she does physical activity-wise for years. And I'll just see these Strava files and I'm like, what human can get three hours of exercise before you go into the hospital, you know, and like take care of four kids. And the whole, it's because she prioritizes those times. She knows right. that that's, that is her time. Yeah. The kids are asleep. Um, 
And if they're not asleep, then that's not her problem because mm-hmm. <laughs> she's out in the woods, like skiing, mm-hmm. you know, and it just, I don't think I truly grasped, um, that, you know, the importance of, of kind of carving out that time for herself, mm-hmm. um, until, you know, I was kind of faced with no other option. I'm like, yeah. Oh, I, right. I get it, Trisha. I get it yeah. now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I used to coach a guy who, um, he, like his family time was very important to him. And I think he maybe was in one of those relationships where the partner wasn't so supportive about Ironman training. Mm. You know what I mean? Which I totally understand. Right. And so he used to do like, he would, he did all his long rides at four in the morning on a Saturday. Yeah. Wow. You know, like four till nine kind of like <laughs> whatever, like on the trainer would just get up and go, like in the middle of the summer, it didn't matter. Like the wasn't, he wasn't on the trainer because of the weather. He was just like, getting it done um respect yeah yeah to each their own (laughs) for sure but yeah respect Mm -hmm. you have to want something badly for that like I think that's the actual secret is that like like I'm like right now like I am I do prioritize my physical fitness to the extent of like I know I'm going to exercise almost every day in some capacity like that's a commitment that I've made and I do that. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think I'm like, I'm not on the 4am train, you know, like it's not that priority level isn't in my, like in yeah. my life right now. Um, being up at six to do work on my computer. Yes, for sure. Um, well, it takes me a good hour. Uh, you know, I might wake up at five something, but it's going to take me an hour until I'm ready. Mm-hmm. So yeah, six something's okay. But something mm-hmm. it's gonna be hard for me to do anything at five um mm-hmm. man that's that's why i don't know if i'm a 4 a.m person but you're absolutely right it's it's how badly do you want whatever it is yeah i you know i have never woken up at like four or five to you know do laundry or scrub the <laughs> toilets or something yeah. you know like <laughs> yeah and even like the things i used to do do need to be done <laughs> right <laughs> You're not like that dirty toilet is driving me crazy. Must prioritize. Set the alarm. <laughs> like, um, that and like that's what I think about when I think about like the time around when Rosie was young, because I was like, I really wanted to go back to triathlon and I had already worked like I'd already worked really hard. Like my story was that like it took me 10 years to win Iron Man, you know, like yeah. and so like. I had come like second, third, fourth, like so, so many times. Right. So after she was born, I was like, no, I'm going back. Like I kind of, I wanted that. Um, cause I wanted to try to get that number one spot. And so like the things that I did then, like, I'm not sure I could conjure that kind of commitment, like in terms of like how tired I would be and just go out for a run anyway, or like how I would in between, like with Rosie, like in between feedings, I was like, what is the thing I need to do for my training? Like nap. Okay. <laughs> or like, it could be nap. Like luckily nap is part of your job yeah. when you're, <laughs> when you're an elite athlete. So that's cool. Um, but I definitely like, I was hungry for something that allowed me to like put myself through some physical discomfort that I don't really like, I'm really hungry for my business now, but the physical discomfort, like, I just don't have to go through that. Um, and so I don't. <laughs> That's cleaning toilets for you now. It was physically <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> well, that level, you know, you're not going to wake up to ride your bike on the trainer mm-hmm. at five, but 
another point in your life you might have yeah. <laughs> it was funny because we're going to talk about um moving houses later but my my realtor we were like trying to get my house together in order and he was like he's like sort of like giving me this pep talk <laughs> like sarah you gotta like it's just it's really hard when you're getting a house ready and like you just gotta like put your head down to like and that night i was literally like i was like drinking beers and like you know cleaning my house and hanging pictures on the wall and i just thought like I used to do freaking Ironman training. Like this is like easy AF. Like, <laughs> like this is not, this is the life. Like <laughs> thanks for your pep talk, but no. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, we, we did have a voicemail this week. I just, I don't want to move off the parenting conversation before we listen to um, what Peter had to say. Hi, Sarah and Sarah. This is Peter. And I just finished listening to your discussion on gender roles and parenting. And I wanted to make two comments. First, uh, to Sarah True, as a father of three kids who took a very active role in raising them, I wanted to give some advice. Uh, it's very important to frame the discussion not as what you need from Ben, but as what does Hawk need from both of you, and then divvy up the responsibilities. My wife and I, we stumbled on this a lot with our kids at the beginning too, but if you accept as one of you said in the podcast, that the mother is, um, quote, in charge of taking care of the baby, then that by definition makes the father just the assistant. Um, what Ben needs to do is to be raising Hawk with you as a team and not just helping. Otherwise, um, if you let those roles establish, then someday down the road, you'll be having a conversation with where you're telling Ben what you want him to talk about at a parent-teacher interview that you can't make it to, instead of just trusting that he knows what needs to be discussed. Um, so basically, I think what I'm saying is that you need to expect more from Ben, not more help, but more initiative. It's not about nurturing, it's about looking at the situation, deciding what needs to be done without being told. and this is where we stumbled. This can be really hard because sometimes it feels like getting between a mama bear and her cub, like you're, <laughs> you don't want to be there. But if you show him that it's okay and that you expect and appreciate him to take this initiative, he will get better at it. Um, my second point was for Sarah Gross, uh, and it was a little bit in defense of Clint. Um, I think it's very easy for a dad to get a skewed view of how much they do in parenting. Sometimes when I would show up to a playgroup with the three kids by myself, not looking lost or shell-shocked and, and not saying things like, now where did mom pack the snacks? Because I had made and packed the snacks myself. I felt like the other moms were ready to throw me a ticker tape parade like I had just won World War II. This, combined with the fact that almost always it was other moms and not other dads, and when it was dads, they were there because they were helping and not just parenting, it makes it very hard not to get a big head about how much you are doing. So as a dad, it's very hard to maintain perspective on how much you do and don't do. Anyway, I hope that you find these comments valuable. I love the show. Always have. Bye. Thank you, Peter. Uh no, there, there are some really good points there. I think the one that really resonated with me is that uh, 
it's a division of duty and it's not has nothing to do with nurturing um as to do with what needs to be done and coming up with a list of what needs to be done and divvying it up and mm-hmm. it's just like any other task you know mm-hmm. that you you take on with another person yeah there's a couple like there's a couple things like i really liked what peter said about um about like focusing on like what the baby needs, like what Hawk needs. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then like dividing up. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Where where I if before if you frame it that I need help, mm-hmm. then it feels like I'm asking for him to do something for me mm-hmm. instead of it's this thing needs to be done for the child. And it's not me asking. It's these things. Yeah. I'm not doing a good job of. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. I do know what you mean. I have a, okay, I have a couple of follow-up questions because it has I nothing think... to do with me as to do with the baby. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and I think like I've heard similar sentiments to what Peter was saying from like other men, like where it's like this idea that somehow like because we're like the birth giver um and the milk provider, that we like somehow have some secret knowledge that like they don't have about how to care for this thing. And like we don't. Like, I just want to, like, like, smash that myth right now. Like, we do not, like, I did not have any, I didn't have any instincts. Like, besides, like, understanding, like, there's a thing crying. It's probably hungry. Like, you know, like, real basic, really basic things that, like, anybody would understand. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't have any secret knowledge that, um, about what the baby needed, right? And I think, I do think, like, a lot of, dads like fall into that trap and then like it it can become an excuse mm-hmm. you know um and then the other thing I wanted to say like real clear too is that like actually like yes I totally love the idea of like what does Hawk need let's figure this out or what does the baby need the child um but I also think like what you need is is actually important and that's like part mm-hmm. of and and what Ben needs right so like you that conversation, like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with having that conversation, like, in terms of, yeah. like, I need, like, I need to have more time away from the baby for myself. Like, that's a perfectly, like, legitimate thing to ask for. Well, and and when you, I think when you do see your partner taking care of those things that have to be done for the child, there's an assumption that everything's under control. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't need to, you know, help out at this moment. Uh, But that's when I do have to step up and say, okay, like, I need some time for myself. Yes, I'm fully capable of doing it, Mm -hmm. but it comes at a cost uh, to me Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like my goals and ambition. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, I could just, you know, drop everything and only care for him, Mm -hmm. but it would come at tremendous cost. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. And this whole idea, like the mother's in charge, like, I was like, did we say that? Like, I'm not sure. Did we say that last week that the mother's in charge? I don't think, uh, no, I don't know. I I, I was kind of like, there's a cultural assumption. Yeah. The the cult, there is a cultural assumption that the mother's in charge. Um, and I don't know. I just, it's not, um, <laughs> it's the, it, it's the, like when Peter was talking about like the ticker tape parade, mm-hmm. you know, about like, I've heard that before. Like I've seen TikToks oh, yeah. on that thing, like where yeah. 
like on this, like, like people making fun of that thing that like, if you're a dad and you're even like, you're out like pushing the stroller and like, you know, and everyone looks at you and thinks you're amazing. Right? And, like, and that's, I don't know. I don't have any good words for that. It's just like, you're the dad, like take care of the kids. It's fine. Like, yeah. Why, why should you be celebrated more than a mother for the same, for the same job? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like to Peter's point, like about like defending Clint, which which I thought was funny. We um, don't defend Clint on we this do, podcast. We don't, we don't Clint. <laughs> just kidding. I don't know no, Clint. We like Clint, generally speaking. We like Clint. Um, <laughs> but I th- I just thought it was funny, like that the defense of Clint was that it's easy for a dad to get a skewed view. Mm. Like, I, I don't know, like I'm just like kind of like. Just because it's easy to get a skewed view doesn't make like I can understand where Clint's coming from. I have yeah. empathy for yeah. him feeling like he's doing all this extra work. Um, but like so, like, <laughs> yeah. like whatever, like it's just it still is what it is. Like it's still like yeah. we were still very equal parents, we still made equal contributions. So question. Question. You're, you're mm-hmm. getting eyebrow raises. I am. Like you guys should start right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I I was thinking about this. Um. Right after, like when you went after Rosie was born and you decided that you wanted to uh, get back to racing. Mm-hmm. For that time, did you put? Was your career kind of in your couple in your relationship? Um, like the primary focus between the two careers? I think I would say no. And he would say yes. Okay. Cause mm-hmm. I think, I think that's where sometimes it does get a bit, you know, that perception gets a bit uh, skewed with, wait a second. I put my career aside to help you with yours and to take care of the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just assume that it's going to work that way. Like I am assumed to put my career your aside. career aside. Yeah. Yeah. No, for but sure. when the rules are reversed, it's, it's, well, that's just, that's just part of being a mom. Right. Yeah. And it, it shouldn't be that way. It should. Yeah, for sure. I, I would say very that- complicated with relationships, but like a lot of the time, just realistically, one person, there's more focus on one person's career than the other. And yeah. that has nothing to do with parenting. That just, that is being in a partnership. Yeah. Um, but when there's a kid involved, I think there are different feelings of kind of resentment and like, I, I'm putting my own ambition aside. Yeah. It's not always true. The way that we like, we, the way that we organize things, like after about, um, six months or so like so I would say I was like a primary caregiver for the first six months right and I weaned her after six months um and then we immediately started with like a part-time like care situation with um Clint's mom Mm -hmm. right so like I remember like creating a schedule and going over like with Clint's mom some nights I would sleep over at his mom's house with Rosie right so that like she could like so Clint could work 
right? If he had to be at the pool on deck, sometimes he had to be on the, on, at the pool in the morning, evening, right? Um, swim club. <laughs> um, and then, so I would like stay over at his mom's house. She would care for Rosie while I was on the train or in the garage. I would get up in the morning, do a long run, like something like that. You know, I planned my training around times that like either Clint wasn't working or um, like Rosie could be at his mom's house often with me, but sometimes not too. So she started sleeping over at her mom's house or her grandma's house when she was one, hmm. um, which was great. Like every Friday, yeah. just like see you later. That's amazing. <laughs> so, excuse me. Yeah. It's totally amazing. Um, but like we, I like created a schedule and sat down with his mom and went like, this is what, you know? Um, and I, I like, I'm like extremely grateful for that now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause by like, month nine like yeah Rosie was like I went to Ironman Brazil when she was six months old that was honestly too early like I didn't sleep I didn't recognize that my body would have a reaction to being away from her that early um so that was not a great decision um but and I flew in and flew out really fast you know um but by Ironman Canada like where we could all go as a family um she was nine months old and I had a good race I had one of my better races at Ironman Canada it was was good and it was like largely because his mom stepped up. Yeah, I mean, all this stuff's super complicated. Mm-hmm, it is, yeah. And we're not going to figure it out on the podcast. No, we're not. <laughs> but I'm just hoping somewhere out, someone out there is going to appreciate our yeah. open conversations about these. Oh, totally. I, well, because it's it's ongoing, right? Like mm-hmm. even even when this baby is an adult now the house we're still going to be having conversations about Mm -hmm. the best way to support this individual Mm -hmm. and yeah it's it's never ending hopefully like yeah (laughs) yeah you just get more you know you just get more personal freedom when you get more like um as time goes on right like they're more and more independent until they're totally independent and you're like wait (laughs) come back um, I, I mean, right now I'm just looking forward to the day when my boobies aren't sore anymore. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, Sarah, I don't know if we can. Pro- I can promise you that. Like, ah! I, <laughs> honestly, like now I like. I don't know. Like every month, it's like um because my hormones are changing a little bit. Oh, like right. I may have like a little bit of perimenopause going right. on. Yeah. And like today, I'm at, I'm at CrossFit and we're doing this like thing where we're like lying flat on our like a bit like superman pose imagine that but then with like a movement involved doesn't really matter what i was doing but like all pressure on boobs basically um and i was like i can't like i need a mat oh wow okay <laughs> mm-hmm. just like right. like so sore at certain times of month like almost like i'm pregnant oh. yeah well okay so now that we talked about my sore boobs <laughs> we both did i mean we both did. <laughs> okay shall we take a break sure sure if we were writing is a feisty podcast remember to follow us on instagram and facebook at if we were writing and we love hearing from our feisty friends so please send us a voicemail at sarah at livefeisty.com that's sarah without an h Right, so just grab your phone, record an audio file, and email it to me, and we will love it and love you forever.
And our regular listeners will know that If We Were Riding and All Things Feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code LIVEFEISTY15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. Well, let's let's hard pivot to you and your housing situation. (laughs) I realized, realized, like I say that on the run list and I'm like, there's actually not that interesting to tell, but like, I'm, I decided to, this is what's funny is like, I decided like last week. So what happened was my realtor was like, listen, there's been like a couple different condos in your area that have gone, like gone really fast, way over asking, like there's like, whatever, there's demand for that. Like, just so you know. And I was like, cool, let's just sell my condo. <laughs> like, let's just like, let's go. Right. Cause I'd been like talking about it for years. So I was like, let's just sell it. Um, and so like, we put it on, we listed it at, um, noon on Friday and by 8 PM it was sold for like <gasps> well over asking. No. Yeah. It was crazy. I like never seen anything like it. I, I like joked with him because like on their like professional page, right. Like it, like on their Instagram page for the, for his business, like it was still on the Instagram story for like several hours after like the Instagram story, which only lasts 24 hours right? Like didn't, like didn't expire before the place was sold. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations. Um, Thank you. Where are you moving? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so right. no, I sort of do. I'm, um, I, yeah, <laughs> sorry if I'm coughing. I did like really hard CrossFit work. I'm not even sick. I just like hurt my lungs at CrossFit. Um, I like, I, I found it actually, I found a really nice rental place that I think I'm going to rent for a little bit, um, until the spring, uh, and then, and then start looking in earnest for a new place. So, wow. Mm-hmm. That's, well, that's crazy. Fun. Yeah. 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 Mm. It's fun. Um, but when, I wanted to tell you, when do you have so, to move? Uh, December 1st. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. why not just put more things on your plate? Yeah. I mean, why not? It just not? felt like the perfect time to just load on more, just keep loading it on. <laughs> well, if there, if we have a missing podcast in the next month, <laughs> <a> little while <laughs> listeners have been warned. <laughs> I have a tendency to go like, Oh, I could breathe for a minute. Quick, do something else. <laughs> like, terrible um and then so speaking of like this is like the last story I wanted to tell you this week Sarah like speaking of like going out of my mind I have these moments I'd, I feel like I should start collecting them and sharing them on the podcast that I like that are like I call them like CEO moments but essentially that's like I do something really stupid but then I roll out of it and pretend I meant to do it <laughs> so like, today today I thought it was Wednesday but it's actually Tuesday and so um I was out for lunch with Ella, who's my operations person, right? And we had like plans for the afternoon. And then I suddenly was like, oh shit, like, like plans on what we were gonna work work on. And then I was like, shit, I have this meeting at two. I forgot about it, right? So she's like, don't worry, it's fine. You can like come to my apartment. We'll like, she lives downtown. She's like, whatever, we'll set you up. So I, we get there and I like, I drop into a meeting, right? That's on Feisty Zoom, right? And I realize I'm like, 
like, I'm not meant to be on this meeting. Like this meeting is not on my schedule. I don't know who, like, I know it's like with my team, right? Like there's other of my team members on the meeting, but I'm like, I don't know who we're meeting with. I don't know what this is about. Like, why am I here? Right. And like, essentially, because the meeting that I was supposed to be at is actually tomorrow, which is Wednesday, which is actually Wednesday. <laughs> and so I'm sitting in this meeting and Catherine's just like, oh, this is Sarah, our CEO. Like she just rolls with it. Like, she, like nobody invited me to this meeting. I didn't like, I didn't have the link except that I have the general link, you know, like, and she must've been like, why is Sarah here? <laughs> anyway, I'm just like rolling with it. Like, hi, nice to meet you. Like I'm catching on that. It's like a potential sponsor for the podcasts, but like, I don't know what's going on. I pretend to know. And then I like, really, I don't need to be on this meeting, of course. So then I'm like, okay, well, I just wanted to say hi and meet you, like, <laughs> whatever, like, really great to meet you. And then, and then I left. Nice improvising. Um, so if they become po- podcast sponsors, hopefully they haven't heard this one <laughs> and they totally think it was intentional. You just- It was intentional, like- The I boss come coming in for a second, just checking, just, just like- Just checking to see how it's going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before she rushes off to her next important meeting. That's why I'm so important. Yeah. So, so I just it's so funny. The important meeting you were having was coffee with Ella. Yes. So okay. Ella and I were supposed to be working on something else. Okay. Yes. Um, and we had planned to, and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, we just need to go take and I need to take this meeting and then we'll okay. like continue on with the other things we were doing. So uh, then I like left. Yeah. Then I like left that meeting early and then we carried on with our day. But um I was like, wow, that was pretty dumb. Pretty dumb. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. I, I like Zoom bombed a meeting of my own company. <laughs> that's what I did. But it's your own company. That's the great thing. Exactly. That's why it's a CEO moment. I'm like, yeah, great to meet you. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. I, I need that excuse. I'm a CEO of nothing. <laughs> You're the CEO of Sarah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I'm Zoom bombing, it's because I just messed up. <laughs> Oh, I messed up too. <laughs> well, but you have you have a plausible excuse. I don't. <sighs> oh, jeez. Well, uh, yeah. I guess I guess if things get kind of crazy, let us know, and I will just you know talk into a microphone for an hour. <laughs> Maybe you could just pop in and say hi. <laughs> but in, until next week. You know, just just assume Sarah's going to be here all along, um, <laughs> popping in and out. Thanks for listening for another week of If We Were Writing, and we'll talk to you when we don't know when. <laughs> my time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. Oh,